A week after that, I'm on a video call with Drew Brees and the guys, and I bring my partner. No way. And, you know, things took off. We started doing really well. Towards the end of the summer, I'm watching what's happening in the Everbull world. I remember having a conversation with Eric Hansen, the, the, one of the executives at Everbull, and I said, Eric, I was like, we're going to be at 500 stores in five years, right? And he goes, Alex, I'll be disappointed if we're only at 500 stores. <laughs> and I was like, so, okay, I know how much money I'm making out of my store. Welcome to Franchise Empires, where aspiring entrepreneurs learn exactly what it takes to become a successful franchise owner from one location to 10 and beyond. I'm the Wolf of Franchises. Hey everyone, it's the Wolf. Today on the show, we have Alex Yeeter. He is an area developer of an acai bowl franchise called Everbowl. This was a fun episode because we got to dive into not just life as a franchisee, but what specifically area development is all about, which is a unique position in which you can own franchises, but you can also sub-franchise and bring on local operators within your market. It's a bit of a different kind of conversation, but I think you'll enjoy it. The Wolf of Franchises is the CEO of Wolfpack Franchising, as well as a creator at Workweek Media. All opinions expressed by the Wolf and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Wolfpack Franchising or Workweek. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. The Wolf, Workweek and Wolfpack Franchising may maintain positions in the franchises discussed on this podcast. Happy employees mean happy customers. Give your employees the best experience with Harry, the platform to solve your turnover, employee engagement, and compliance challenges, all in one place. Prioritize your people, reduce your risk. Visit harry.com today. That's H-A-R-R-I.com. You obviously have had a ton of success with Everbowl, but, you know, let's go back to kind of the beginning and what was your entry point into this whole franchise world? Was it with Everbowl or was there another concept that you and your partner were involved with? Yeah. So my partner, Mitch, and I were with Verizon for the past 11 years with Wireless Zone and been in wireless for 20 years. So it's like really our whole careers was in the wireless industry. And we were wrapping up our time in the wireless industry and started to look for opportunities to invest our money and then also opportunities in other franchise opportunities and got introduced to Everbull through Eric Van Horn. Eric Van Horn had the founder of Everbull, Jeff Fenster, on his podcast. And just as soon as I heard it, I was like, Eric, you got to get me connected with this dude because it was like two or three weeks earlier, I was in Los Angeles and on a mission trip with my church and I had my first acai bowl. And instantly was like, and the cool part is, is so many of our franchisees, that's their story. It's like, they're from the Midwest or, you know, they're landlocked. They go to the beaches on vacation. They have an acai bowl. They come home and they're like, I can't get this around here. And that's exactly what it was for me and my family. So we started looking around and Jeff was on the podcast with Eric and it just got us really excited. That was at the end of 2020. And we we still owned our Verizon stores at that time, but we were in the process of selling off all. We had 32 Verizon stores at our largest and sold them off in sections. And we did the final sale in February of 22. We started our Everable journey really February 21, flew out to San Diego, met with the headquarters team, 
I wish I would have videotaped. It was like iconic moment when my partner took a bite of the Everbowl and he was <laughs> like, this is effing good. And he realized like, oh, this isn't an ice cream replacement. This is breakfast, lunch, dessert, dinner. He got to see the the whole energy and the vibe behind you know, somebody that's really just focused on bowls, right? Like, yes, we do smoothies. We do other things. We are craft superfoods, but you know, I like to say that we have the best bowls in the business. And you yeah. know, my partner got to taste that. Went to the headquarters, just rock stars, you know, Jeff Fenster, Eric Hansen, Brian Augustine, Haley Kaufman, like their executive team at that time was, and they all had been part of, like they all started by scooping bowls, right? Building yeah. the stores and scooping bowls and stuff. So really just fell in love with the brand and we wanted to bring it to Indiana. I mean, that's really where the journey started for us. Super fascinating too, going from like a wireless, yeah. the, the phone, that that whole world into Everbowl. I obviously want to touch a lot on what it's been like with Everbowl to date, but I'm just curious. I have never spoken actually to uh, a franchisee of the, you know, that whole, I think T-Mobile has franchise like retail yeah. stores too and some other brands yeah. and AT&T. But yeah, so what was that like, I guess, working under such a massive company umbrella of Verizon? Yeah. So Wireless Zone was a dealer for Verizon okay. and we were a franchisee for Wireless Zone. And honestly, incredible organization, been around for 25. They might be pushing 30 years now. So really got to know franchising through them yeah, and also just incredible amount of business owners that have been doing business for 30 years in other industries, right? So it's like guys all over the Midwest and the South. That was like the most valuable thing that we got out of it. And my partner and I in the wireless industry, we grew to 32 stores by taking the scraps that nobody else wanted in the small towns in Ohio and Indiana that were you know, Verizon really didn't have a presence or somebody else came and they failed, or we would buy stores and do owner financing. And then eventually we got big enough that the banks would bank us to do acquisitions. But, but yeah, the wireless industry was, I mean, when I started, we didn't even have camera phones. And then I started selling some of the first camera phones for Altel. I worked for Altel for a year before I went over to the Verizon side. So I sold some of the first camera phones. I sold some of the first smartphones. I remember selling smartphones and thinking there's no way that people are going to pay an extra $30 a month to have email, you know, because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you need to know, you know, why do you need to have the data at the tip of your fingers? So it's just, it's hilarious, <laughs> like just the evolution of the wireless. And so it's cool. Like my, I have four sons, been married for 20 years, and my sons are 18, 17, 15, and five. So I get to tell them the glory stories of, you know, the first camera phones and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, love the industry. Got to be a part of some really cool innovations and change. Verizon's obviously an awesome organization. We were always change agents. We took pride in being change agents where if Verizon would roll something out, we would try to be early adapters to it. If they would change their pricing, there was an outside company that came in and started to really monitor door swing data to box conversion. And we just nerded out on that. So then you could see, oh, wow, this store is converting at 15% while this store is at 25%. And really understand how to coach people and lead people through data. And we just, we were able to help a lot of other people with that. So, uh, but we grew, it's a grind, you know, it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. You're always floating. There's just a ton of money in inventory. You know, we've always got a ton of money in inventory sitting in the stores and stuff. So, you know, we knew our time had come to an end. Just to touch on when you said door swing data. So you mean when it literally would just track how many people are coming inside your store and what the sales yeah, they would track it down to the rep. So imagine there's like two reps at a counter 
Yeah. If you would come into the store, if you were interacting with Bob, they would say, hey, Bob interacted with 150 to 200 customers or whatever for the month. And then our point of sale data would tell us how many boxes that we did. So it was just really, really interesting. It kind of, I would say it definitely, it changed the game in the wireless industry because, you know, we got to see who was really, because you thought somebody was a great salesperson, but maybe their store was just really busy. So you really got to see who were the top salespeople and then you could learn from them and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I know now that transitioning to Everbull, you're not just your standard kind of franchisee, you're, you're an area representative. So maybe for folks who aren't as familiar with what that means, can you kind of give, and it, it probably varies a little bit from the brands that do offer area representative agreements, but generally speaking, you know, what does that mean for you and how are you different than maybe just a pure play franchisee? So I think the term that it used to be called or, or was very commonly known as a master franchise an area rep, we identify potential franchisees, or we generate leads for franchisees, or we take the franchisees that come in, you know, just through the website and stuff like that. We walk them through the same sales process that Everbull does on their side. So we're all aligned and we walk them through the sales process. When it comes to all the franchise and the, and the contracts and the documents, that all comes from Everbull. And we walk them through the FDD holding period do discovery days with them, and then we get them to contract. And then we assist Everbull with taking them through the contract process. So it's like we're our own sales arm of Everbull in our states that we have. And then we also, as soon as the sale is closed and now they're franchisees, we also have a team that helps them with the real estate portion. So assist them with the site selection process, helps them with lease, helps them with construction all the way to the store getting open. And then from there, we also have a training team that trains them. So we're with them the entire life cycle of it. And honestly, that's what we love. It just gives us an opportunity to coach people and support people in business, which we love, but then it's a brand that we love and it's in franchising. So it's like checks all the boxes for us. We just, we love it. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I think when executed well at the franchisor level, you know, it can make a serious difference in the system, right? Because like you just said, you, you kind of have now the franchisor where in just a typical franchisor-franchisee relationship, someone buys a franchise in their market. Obviously, the franchisor is supposed to be supporting them, but it's a very one-to-one -one relationship and at scale that can be tough. And maybe a franchisee has to figure some things out that they don't know how to do. Whereas if I buy a franchise in your market for Everbull, you kind of have a team that's a lot closer to me Correct. and probably provide a pretty good hands-on support for me to get me open. Yeah, absolutely. And we own our own store, right? So we own and operate our own store, which Everbull does the same thing. They have a couple of their own stores that they held on to out in San Diego. So we have our own stores. One of the guys that does all the training for us, John Murray, he just opened up his own store in Chesapeake, Virginia. So like he knows he's not just talking and teaching out of a handbook. You know, he's talking and teaching out of experience. So I think that's very valuable. And you got to think about it on any franchise's side, but Everbull in particular, we were able to go to them and bring a lot of excitement and energy about Everbull to the state of Tennessee. People, there was a couple of stores in Tennessee that it got open, but Nashville, Chattanooga, Memphis, they hadn't heard about Everbull. And when we bought the rights to the state of Tennessee, we sold 11 of the 15 stores within like the first 90 days. So, you know, there was a ton of momentum early with that. And that's really what got us, really got the momentum going. So, Everbull has, it's our responsibility to deliver Everbull to 
13 states on this side of the country. And currently it's like 160 stores that we have to open. We've got 10 of them. 10 of them are open. Number 11 is opening next week in Brownsburg, Indiana. But we got a long way to go with our growth, but that pressure's on us. But we also, we benefit because Everbull's been there. They're done that. They're great partners. We're totally aligned with them. So if we need help, we're going to go to them for help. If we have ideas, we're going to go to them with our ideas. So it's a true partnership. We all know that when employees are happy, so are your customers. If you want to provide the best experience for your employees, you need Harry. Harry is the platform. Founded by a restaurateur, Harry solves turnover, employee engagement, and compliance all in one place. Set your team up for success and join over 50,000 restaurants and hotels around the world. Put your people first and visit harry.com for a free demo. That's H-A-R-R-I dot com. 13 states, that's pretty substantial. I mean... How do you view it, especially going from, you know, you and your partner have the chops, of course, to you already at one point owned and operated 32 wireless zone stores. So how do you kind of delineate of when you want to be the operator and and build out your own stores? Because there's, of course, an upside in that, right? Right. And I'm sure, you know, you obviously play a part in the upside for bringing in new franchisees under you. But yeah, what's that thought process, you know, in the mind of an area developer when you do have that operational chops to be able to be like, hey, why don't I just build out all these locations in in the States? Yeah, obviously the cost for us to build out 10 stores, 20 stores, whatever is way more money, Yeah, right? But you also have to think about the amount of employees that you're going to have, the amount of leases you're going to be signing, right? So that's why we do like the area rep deal. Now, in our own area in Indiana, Hamilton County, our goal is to open five or six stores here. We have our second store coming later this year, and that's where our headquarters is going to be. We're going to be, we're going to build a mini version of San Diego's headquarters out here. Uh, it's going to look very much the same. We're just not going to have the views that they have when you look outside. But yeah, like in a lot of area reps, I, while you know, I've been going to the different franchise conferences and talking to people. A lot of area reps do end up going the route of building more and more stores. I feel like we're going to stick to the route of continuing to find franchisees in this market. And because owner operator franchisees, you know, probably in any business, but especially QSR space, they just absolutely crush it. Those people that are in the store, in the communities, delivering the food, they just absolutely dominate. And it's awesome because, you know, there's a lot of people that have the same story that I do where it's like, I want acai in my town and there it ain't here. You know, it's just as simple as that. We've had a, quite a few franchisees that their kids have gone off to college. They're starting to leave the house and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the second phase of life now that the kids are leaving the house. So this is going to give them the opportunity to A, pour into more kids because 75, 80% of the employees that we have are high school kids. So it's going to give them the opportunity to pour into more kids. So it's an awesome opportunity. And I'm curious, you know, given... You went from wireless zone, right, where you're selling mobile phones, a very different supply chain than perishable food, especially like, you know, acai bowls and smoothies, right? You want it to be fresh and high quality. So what was that like for you to kind of dive into that world and just, you know, from the franchise perspective, franchise buyer's perspective, I guess before I finish the question, I want to say something I've just been learning is like every business, it has things about it that are hard. You just kind of got to choose your hard and just build the business still. There's no perfect business that isn't going to have some aspect that isn't tough to get over some type of hurdle. 
But yeah, on that note, though, with with Everbull versus Wireless Zone, you know, was there any kind of things you learned after going into Everbull? We're like, wow, well, this is maybe food's a little tougher in this respect versus what I was doing before, or even on the flip side, things that were like a breath of fresh air compared to your previous endeavor. Yeah, I think it was definitely a breath of fresh air. The first, I went to five grand openings before our store was open. So I would go to these grand openings all over the country. And I went to Orlando and I remember talking to our chief development officer, Brian. And I said, man, no offense, but this is easy. But the reason it's easy is because Everbull was like obsessed with systems and operations, right? So like they have systems and operations down all the way to like, this is how we scoop blueberries. This is the proper way to cut a strawberry, right? So it was about running the play that they had put in place. Now, the inventory systems, how quick, you know, strawberries are going to only last this long. Blueberries might last this long. Bananas might. That, there was a bit of a learning curve there for us because it's different in the Midwest than it is in California. So that was a learning curve. How much inventory to keep on stock? How many bases keep on stock? So there was that, we had to learn a lot there. But outside of that, in all honesty, we found it to be a lot easier and you know, we have high school kids and they're scooping and cutting, right? Whereas yeah. in the wireless world, we're financing people on a thousand dollar cell phone, adjusting their rate plan, talking to them about insurance. I mean, it got complex back to, like I said, in the beginning, I was selling a flip phone and it's like, you pull up your antenna if you don't have good reception. And, you know, so <laughs> things changed. Was it mainly down to kind of your discovery of Everbull for why, you know, because I know you had that like kind of eureka moment with the acai bowl that we talked about. But right. I guess were you exploring ever more broadly other franchise opportunities? And even were you thinking, I want to be an area rep or did that kind of just the opportunity presented itself and you took it? So step one, I was looking at other franchises in the acai space and the information wasn't coming to me in the speed that I liked it. I was very, I'm very impatient. And I also like, I want to be able to text you know, decision makers. And the funny thing is, is now that I'm on the area rep side, it's like, I have to deal with myself in a lot of these franchisees. So it's like a new parent. It's like, oh, you were a pain in the butt as a son. You're going to have a pain in the butt son. But but anyways, (laughs) so that was important to me. Brian Augustine and Jeff Fenster were just like, I could text them and they were getting information to me. And then the validation process, it was extremely early, right? There was less than five franchisees when we signed. And, but I was able to get great quality time with three of the franchisees and then one Annie Horton out in St. Louis who was in the process of opening that they really helped me to build out projections and models you know on you know what is our store going to do what is the profitability of our store look like we did not go in thinking that we were going to be area reps we didn't even know what that was we just knew that when we launched this that probably other people would be excited about it so we wanted to figure out how we could help with that where it became explosive to us was we sat down with Jeff Fenster and the first thing he said is, I want to talk you out of the state of Indiana. And we're like, why? And he said, there's a Hall of Fame quarterback that's coming in to partner with the company and he wants the state of Indiana. And obviously that ended up being Drew Brees. So fast forward, the week that my store opened, Mitch and I's store opened in Noblesville, Indiana, I get introduced to a guy named Ben Smith who was came in as a freshman with Drew Brees. He was actually a quarterback and he he saw Drew at practice and he was like, I better change positions if I want to stick around. And they've been lifelong friends along with their third partner, Jason. They all played at Purdue together. Ben and I actually go downtown Indianapolis to look at a store for them. And through that, we build a relationship. 
I asked for a meeting with Ben and in that meeting, I pitched them on the idea of doing the area rep thing because we had already started doing it in Tennessee. Yeah. And I said, Ben, well, how many stores do you guys want to open? And he said, 10. I said, okay, that's 150 to 200 high school kids working for you. And I was like, that's 10 leases. That's this much money to open the stores. And I said, what if we did it this way? And I, and I explained how an area rep deal would work. And I said, it's just so much fun. You get to be a business coach. You get to be involved in all that stuff. Yeah. But you're not you're not stressing in the middle of the night about you know the, the things that you do as an owner, and at the end of the meeting I said you know we could buy Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, and we'll partner together and I'll build the team and and my team will do all the work. And two weeks later they called and they said yes. A week after that I'm on a video call with Drew Brees and the guys and I bring my partner. No way. And you know things took off. We started doing really well. Towards the end of the summer. I'm watching what's happening in the Everbull world. I remember having a conversation with Eric Hansen, the the one of the executives at Everbull, and I said, Eric, I was like, we're gonna be at 500 stores in five years, right? And he goes, Alex, I'll be disappointed if we're only at 500 stores. <laughs> and I was like, so okay, I know how much money I'm making out of my store. I see what other people are doing out of their stores. I see how excited people just don't really know about Everbull. And, you know, we're still an emerging brand, but people are excited. So when people know about us, it's going to go crazy. Yeah. And my thought was because of Drew Brees, because of his partnership, because of his name, we could probably grab more states. I love this doing this. I could build a bigger team to support these states. So I pitched Drew on the idea. Drew and I got on a call with the founder of Everbull Fenster, and we struck up a deal to take it from those five states that we were in to 13 states. Yeah. And, you know, so we have the Midwest. We bought Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Louisiana. We got pretty much everything we wanted except for Georgia and Florida because they already had most of Florida sold. So it didn't make any sense for us to get involved in those states. So I love, love what we get to do. Drew Brees is just absolutely amazing. If he wasn't one of the top five quarterbacks of all time, he probably would be some executive of a <laughs> Fortune 10 company, right? Like he's yeah. he's brilliant. He's got this skill of actually being technically smart, financially smart, but then also like the type of person that'll motivate you. We usually do our calls like about once a month at 9 a.m. We'll do a video call, 9 a.m. Eastern. So it's 6 a.m. his time. And he's like the first person on the call, right? And he's like, he's probably already worked out, ran on the beach, did some surfing, and he's like ready to take on the day, right? So love it. Um, yeah, just been great. And just watching him as a father, he's a great father. He's a great husband. That's very important to my partner and I. So he loves the brand. He's been involved in franchising for, I'd say, about 15 years. He, oh, yeah. He's, fell in love with Jimmy John's and he was like, I need to own some of these. Yeah. And so he's involved with lots of brands and I get to learn through that process. You know, one of the brands that he's a part of is called Small Sliders. So I get to interact with the CEO of Small Sliders and learn from them. What are they doing? So he brings this network of people that we get to take advantage of. So, and some of my favorite things that Drew does is five minutes before our grand opening in Chesapeake, we give away 300 bulls at our friends and family event. Drew Brees FaceTimes because he knows I'm there. He FaceTimes. He's like, hey, I want to talk to John. John was the owner and he's the guy that works for us. And John got to talk to Drew to get his pep talk before his store opened. Oh, that's opened. cool. That's um, pretty and he's, cool. He's done things like that for the franchisees. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And Everbulls, their first two core values are make friends and have fun. So it's like, we take what we do very seriously. We love bringing healthy, healthier options to our communities, right? And But we're all about making friends and having fun and being remarkable. So 
Yeah. It's only been a little over a year, I guess, since you really got it going. But between just expanding the area rep agreement and bringing in Drew Brees, that's an amazing start. And that's super cool to kind of hear more insight and even just know that franchisees under your platform kind of can get that exposure and access. So that's that's awesome to hear. You know, Alex, if, if people want to learn more about Everbowl and kind of what you're doing, with especially with your territories, is there a good website or spot online to follow along? Any social, there's my last name's Yater, Y-E-A-T-E-R. So there's not a lot of us out there. Alex Yater, you'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Everbull, the website, Everbull website. We have a lot of good information on franchising, but we are actively looking for franchisees. Every every time we do a area rep agreement, like we expand it, the information goes out nationally because we got Drew's name tied to it. ESPN picks it up stuff. Yeah. But people assume that Drew's opening up all these stores. So, you know, we want to make it perfectly clear. We're looking for franchisees, specifically in South Carolina, North Carolina, we've got a lot, but we're really trying to focus in in South Carolina. But, you know, any of those areas, Ohio, Illinois, Michigan, Kentucky, uh, there's just lots of great states. These, And we do great in the suburbs. And we do great on college campuses and we're starting to look into more unique locations. But yeah, I'd love to connect with anybody. Amazing. Yeah, we'll definitely plug the websites in the show notes. So yeah, this is awesome, Alex. Congrats on all the success so far. And thanks again for uh, coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. And I love what you do. As I said earlier, keep doing it. Keep fighting the fight. And I love your newsletter and love what you guys do. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to Franchise Empires. We're coming to you soon with actionable insights to take the next step on your franchise journey. So make sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen.